Welcome everybody to another episode of the Lunch Table Podcast. In this episode, we're going to review Halloween Ends. Uh, please beware, there will be spoilers, so just giving you that warning. Uh, yeah, this was a crazy, crazy movie. Um, yeah, we have a lot of thoughts to say about it. Uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, we have The Shape here with us, Mr. Shape. Uh, <laughs> tell us your thoughts and what you thought about this movie. It was awesome, man. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it was a perfect way to end the, the Halloween 2018 trilogy. Um, really interesting how they went about it. And, and props to the, the actor who played Corey. I think he was an amazing character and great addition to the franchise. But yeah, I want to get your thoughts before um, I talk about what my thoughts were for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, I think the tone uh, matched the franchise in general. I think... That's one thing that I liked about the whole franchise. It kind of it fit well together. Um, it didn't feel really separate uh, as opposed to like so many other movies, um, you know, and I think it paid a lot of homages to the original, which is always nice to see. And yeah, this definitely seemed like the end of the franchise until they rebooted it one day. Uh, but let's get into it. Probably. Yeah. So tell, tell yeah. us your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, props to David Gordon Green for making it feel like so consistent like like an actual trilogy but yeah he brought so much to this movie um it did feel kind of a little like fast paced for me but i thought it was the way it went about it it was kind of nice so we obviously from the trailer we saw that michael was laying dormant for like four years after the events of halloween kills and um we're introduced to this uh young kid uh named Corey, and he's a he's a babysitter and one night in 2019 during halloween um he accidentally murders this kid and i thought it was a weird way to introduce this movie because i thought michael was gonna be in this and then like suddenly we don't like see him like for the first like half of the movie uh and then we just follow this kid's journey down this path and he kind of like has a similar i guess story to michael's and i thought it was really interesting but yeah tell me what you thought about Corey's character First of all, Rohan Campbell, he played that role phenomenally. I, I can't wait to see him in more projects. Uh, I think this is the first time I've ever seen him in my life. And I think he has such a charm and a naturalism to him. Um, so props to you, Guy. If you see this review, hopefully you do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, I liked it because, um, you know, it reminds me a lot of like this type of, uh, you know, this lone wolf kind of character. You don't know where you're going to really go with him in the plot. And so I like that they kind of build him throughout it. They they definitely uh, dedicated a good portion of this movie uh, just for his character. So I liked him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and I were talking a little bit about like uh, the future of like the Halloween franchise. And you asked me before um, what I thought we could see for like the future of Halloween. And it's funny because I kind of saw it in this movie. I was like, oh, what if they made a copycat killer of Michael? And they kind of did it in this movie. So like Corey, like he goes on his own kind of like Michael Myers, like killing spree. And I thought it was really interesting how they went about it because um, he and you know, what? I, I didn't even feel bad for most of the people that he killed because like Hatterfield is toxic. I was like, damn, I feel like to kill this motherfucker myself. I was like, holy shit. Like everybody's like just an <laughs> asshole. Like literally everybody, his parents, like the the people he was getting up, he's beat up like fucking marching bands and shit. I was, right. <laughs> was so annoying. Um, yeah, really toxic. But yeah, we see, um, of course, uh, Laurie Strode and Allison. So, of course, you know, her parents, both her parents died in the first two movies. Um, so she's like a nurse. And then Laurie's I feel bad because like Laurie kind of like 
she looked like really happy like after like four years of like torment and like she looked like she was like you know finally like at peace with everything that happened but uh, you know as soon as she she sees Corey, she has like that that sixth sense of like oh something evil is brewing again in Haddonfield and then she kind of like suspects that like you know Michael might be at play too or like I think it was interesting too because they play with like the themes of like the the duality of evil like there's two evils right the external evil and there's the evil inside us right and i think cory definitely represents the evil that's with within us and michael definitely represents like that that you know immediate external evil yeah but, that was really cool yeah. I, I i really appreciate that too um yeah and I, I wonder because they call him the shape right so i wonder if like evil takes shape in anybody or something like that i don't know if that's like a part of it i know that later on in the movie at least they she kind of writes something about that because she's writing a novel as well um yeah we get a lot of callbacks to other characters like officer hawkins he's learning japanese he's buying fresh groceries um <laughs> i like that allison has a job like she's just trying to get by after what happened uh, and yeah, by the way, Michael Myers is like homeless. We we don't really know how he eats. That's the one gripe I have. It's like, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're supposed to take his evils, this kind of metaphor, uh, you know, because then it'll just be magical. Um, right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I guess he gets more powerful because uh, Corey actually leads like some people to Michael's like he's hiding out in a sewer. His lair. Yeah, his little <laughs> lair. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really like that scene too. When, uh, so there's this cop that hits on Allison, uh, occasionally and he leads that cop to the sewer and Michael and Corey had like this weird, like they were both like teaming up on him and Corey was like really like into it. And, uh, yeah, so Michael kills the cop and then also Michael's like shaking or something like as if mm -hmm. he's like sucking the, the life force, you know, every kill, which was mentioned before he gets more powerful. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, because I think Corey was such a significant part uh, of the movie, which I was so surprised about that. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Jamie Lee Curtis's performance and also like her path, uh, not only in this movie, but was it cohesive for the whole franchise? Did you feel like it's a little weird, like that she's finally at peace without knowing if Michael's actually alive? I think I think for her character, she's always had like this kind of like thing in the back of her mind, like. Uh, like in the first movie, uh, they played with the idea of like evil is never really dead. Like you said, it, it takes different shapes. So even if Michael is quote unquote dead, there's always something no matter. It's like it's like the theater of the mind, like whatever you look at a corner, you know, you just see something there. And I think that's what Laurie is kind of like going through. And she wasn't in the in Halloween Kills like a good amount. But here she's kind of like at the forefront. And I like that she is kind of like dealing with her own trauma as well. Like that scene where the, that lady like stopped her in the, in the shop. Like, and she, she kind of like feels like internal guilt, you know, that she, you know, she probably, you know, caused a lot of the pain that Haddonfield went through. But at the same time, I was like, it wasn't even her fault. It was that stupid doctor that let the, uh, that let Michael go and, and the, the stupid podcaster, not us, but <laughs> <laughs> those two podcaster people. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I like that, you know, she has like a turmoil in her and she's trying to, you know, get through it. Like everybody in this movie is just like there's so much pain and there's so much healing and everybody has their own like uh, ghost, if you want to say. And Corey, especially like, like Haddonfield is so ruthless. Like and I, I like that the idea that everybody was so focused on Michael that everybody 
that after those events, they were kind of looking at Corey as like a scapegoat because of this other trauma that happened. It's so similar, like how they're like these two events took place. And then like once Michael was out of the picture, you know, everybody like like had to feel like I guess they they like to paint uh, like the one guy, the dad was saying like how everybody was trying to make it about them. Like it, they're being really selfish. Like they're they're using other people's pain as like a way to like, I guess, I don't know, like maybe like make it like a like a like a urban legend or something or like a ghost story or something. I don't know. It was really interesting. What did you think about it? Well, I I you know I'm confused. Um, because one gripe I do have is so in the beginning we're kind of like sympathizing towards Corey, and then when Corey starts killing people, I start thinking. I recall straight back to uh the Dahmer review that we did, and we talked a lot about the mm. psychology of a serial killer. And how Dahmer went into the society that actually, oh, that was my phone, sorry. The society that actually uh, could have helped this killer, could have done something to prevent all of this. But I felt like Corey had that. Like he had Allison. That was a sweet, like that relationship seemed exactly like from Euphoria, very Romeo and Juliet kind of feeling. Um, very like on the go. It was, it, it was, it was actually quite pleasant to see. I usually hate that type of stuff. I actually liked seeing this. I like shipped them hard. I was like, okay. But so he and then Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Laurie, uh, set them up in the first place. And it's like they talk about evil uh, just being within within us, possibly. So I was confused. I was like, well, is it the society that made him this way or is it that he's always been this way? So then I think, oh, well, does he kind of feel a little bit? Does he feel guilty about killing the kid or does he like, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. it or something? It's really weird. I don't know what to think. It's weird. About I think I think in a weird way. He kind of like saw Michael as a friend almost like there is a comic. There's a Friday the 13th comic actually where this um, kid was actually bullied by these because he was like he was like he had like autism or something and he was bullied by these kids and Jason Voorhees actually like took like sympathize with him. So I think in a weird way, this that's what I was kind of thinking in this movie, like Michael kind of saw what he went through and it, it was kind of like a mirror to Michael's own like childhood too, growing up. And how he he killed his sister, so I think that's why he actually like let him live in a way. If if Michael has any like compassion, I guess this is the only time we'd see it all, like on screen. But yeah, I think in a weird way, like like Corey saw Michael as like the only one that really like understood him. Like even Allison, like what she went through, like it wasn't what he went through, right? Because um, she's he said like you're just like, like a survivor. They see me as a monster, right? So Michael is also a monster, and that's why I feel like he really connected with him in that moment and he saw like Haddonfield is like like it's it's they're the real monsters right they're they're the real evil in this town and I, I kind of have to get rid of it in a way but that's a contradiction though because again we're supposed to sympathize for him and yet Laurie says there's evil within us but why are you setting up this character that for the most part has a mother that cares about her son I mean although she's really mm -hmm. possessive and controlling I guess the stepfather or the dad is really cool right so you have a job that 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 guy owns right you're making money right because no one accepts you and now you have a hot girlfriend and her grandmother set you up so you have it like good mm -hmm. right for the most part no one was really bothering him except that lady that was the mother of that kid that that got killed and it's like 
I don't know. I just felt like it was disingenuous. Like I felt like Dahmer kind of did it better um, talking about how society, I think this could have been a really compelling argument, but I think, I don't know. I think it was too many contradictions. And I think also in part that was uh, the fault of David Gordon Green uh, designing this franchise in a whole because it had a lot of pacing issues. We were talking about that for the most part about this mm -hmm. movie. That the one thing is like the pacing. I felt like you could have cut out a lot of parts between all three of these movies. And you could probably put it in like at least a two hour and like 40 minute movie just to end it. Because it seems like that, right? But they had to like extend it because they need to make mm -hmm. a last movie. So we'll talk about whether we're satisfied by the actual conclusion soon. But I also want to get your thoughts on um, the overall when Corey... Uh, puts on the mask, so he steals the mask from Michael, right? And he goes on a killing spree. So tell us a little bit about that and tell us what you feel about it. I feel like Michael was going to take him to court for like copyright infringement. Defamation or with Johnny. Johnny <laughs> yeah, <Depp>. right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, I thought it was kind of interesting. It's like, uh, they kind of did this in, in The Curse of Michael Myers, right. where like they set up the, the niece was going to be like the next um, Michael. I think they did it better in this one, actually. I think I think he he really felt like a new like yeah. Michael. I thought for a minute, like I thought Michael was gonna like transfer his like mind into Corey because his body was like so out of shape. So that's what I thought they were doing. But I like I actually liked that Corey was like his own like villain in a way. He was and cool. he was ruthless, man. He was doing some real like more Michael shit than Michael. Yeah. He was like like blow torching like the dude's like face he was like stomp kicking these bitches like yeah <laughs> running them over with trucks i was like holy yeah shit. he drives like, he's like worse yeah damn i'm telling you like i i there was a couple moments in the theater where i actually was like oh shit like like out loud i was like damn this motherfucker cold <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah how did you how did you react to his his killing spree my favorite word now, as you millennials say, is ship it, right? Or Gen Z or whatever. So I so <laughs> shipped this, dude. I, I liked it. It was weird. I felt weird seeing this Michael Myers drive, right? And and I actually, I, I thought, oh, maybe Michael Myers is going to like meet up with Corey later and they're going to have like the battle of both shapes or something. And it's like this mm -hmm. weird like duality thing. They kind of did. Yeah. yeah and it, well, sort yeah. of, kind of, yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I, I liked it. It was short-lived. Um, and I also want to get your thoughts on, because now we're reaching the end of uh, the movie, right? Uh, this this whole climax where Corey uh, sneaks into Lori's house. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that, because I was shocked too. That shit, man, it had me on the edge of my seat. Um, yeah. Yeah, Lori, well, first, like, you know, she has an argument with Allison because, you know, she doesn't trust Corey. And then we get this scene where like she's drinking like heavy and then she starts like loading her gun and then there's like an implication that she might commit suicide um it almost got me it almost got because i was like maybe she's like really depressed you know because she can't handle the trauma but then i remember like from the trailer we saw that you know michael opens the door well we thought it was michael but it was actually Corey. and then um you know Lori she Lori actually shot the pumpkin i was like damn i was like that's actually like like so genius she's so smart like she's so badass and she's yeah. so smart like she's so prepared for like anything and i love that scene yeah it was like like just her and Corey like talking about like evil and like i i didn't expect like he was gonna like stab himself in the neck that fucking like shocked me i was like holy fuck and then you see like like uh allison she she walks in on them and she thinks like like Lori's the one that killed him so it's weird. He that he's a psycho dude. Like like if Michael was pure evil, like he's like the next or the worst 
best thing right but yeah what did you how did you react to that scene yeah i think she said did you did you really think i'll shoot myself <laughs> or something like that or right. something and she shot him um and that's the trope that they usually stay, like survive right i don't know for me it was like like again i really enjoyed this movie i watch halloween kills multiple times just because i have fun with it uh so with this movie like there were some cheap shots like i felt like him killing himself that way was like unsatisfying for me because there was such a build-up like i i in a way some romanticism about him it was just he was so mm. suave right he was a handsome guy really rugged right there's something cool about him you kind of want to like you know it kind of remind me of some characters from scream so it's like the fact that he just stabs himself to frame uh laurie i was like and then plus allison walks in and allison's like i hate when like there's an implication of something and a character doesn't realize it right and it's like we don't have time for this bickering and alice is just like mm -hmm. she doesn't look at the mask she's like ah, ah, and she's like walks away behind, like doesn't <laughs> even like, stare at it <laughs> like it reminded me like the characters in hellraiser they're so panicked they're like oh whoa. right <laughs> i was like right. damn you don't even like stop to like ask like what happened like this is your grandmother you know she was like right about everything up until this point you don't even like stop to like consider like oh maybe your boyfriend was a fucking psycho yeah. <laughs> like yeah. until like the, the like the cop called her i was like that was that's kind of weird but do you think Corey was actually like somehow influenced by michael like do you think like michael kind of like infected him somehow because he was if you notice like in the beginning of the movie he was very like he was very like meek and like kind of like like introverted but then he kind of like built this confidence up like that we didn't see until like after he met michael well, you know, that's why I think movies like this, The Joker and Dahmer are interesting because you kind of, if you do something sick, you kind of find that inner rhythm within you. And I think he found it somehow, which I just felt like the way how they set it up wasn't, was kind of confusing. It was like off and on. Um, the way they did it, I don't think they approached it right. But yeah, I think, I, I think he had a connection with Michael, of course. Um, it could almost seem magical. And I think that's the point too. Um, I think Corey actually... The way how he kills people, I think he's more psychotic compared to Michael. That's just pure evil. Because um, Michael can survive, right, off of that evil. That's like a life force right there. So I I think people have to kind of like, when you watch the movie, if you're just like a novice to these type of movies, you just watch the movie, you're kind of like, oh, this is fake as hell. Um, but if you kind of look deeper, you kind of see, oh, they're trying to build this type of myth or legend uh, through Michael Myers, the boogeyman, right? Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Oh, so uh, now we're actually finally at the end. Uh, guess who shows up? Surprise, motherfucker. It's Bakudo from The Defenders. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually Michael Myers. He shows up, right? And he picks up the mask. And I just want to get your thoughts because this is probably the most important scene and a scene that happened in the trailers. And this is what we've been waiting for for all these years, this final showdown. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts on that whole fight. Dude, once Lori got too comfortable when she started like sitting on the floor, I kept thinking like the the first movie when she thought she killed Michael and she like starts like sitting down and you see like the shapes face in the background mm -hmm. that's what I, I kind of thought of and then like when sh she like turned and she saw like the door was first of all why does she never lock her door right like, why would you do that to yourself <laughs> you know this man can get through like like he can like put his shoes on mute so <laughs> he, <laughs> he he walks in and like he grabs the mask and then uh, I thought it was funny too because like somehow like Corey like survived like his jugular like <laughs> yeah cut and he grabbed them i was like damn like is he that is does he have like michael's power or some shit like can he like survive like knife wounds or some shit and then he grabs the mask and then michael's like give me my shit right and then he's like he, he kills Corey. 
thought yeah. it was a little dissatisfying, like how he went out, because I thought That's maybe like, I don't know, because um, they built him up so much in the first half of the movie. I didn't expect him to go out like that, but we have to remember Michael's the main villain of this movie, so I guess you know he was trying to steal his own show back, <laughs> right? Um, but that that was an awesome fight between uh Laurie and, and Michael. I think it's, I actually I think I prefer the first movie better when they were kind of like outplaying each other yeah but i think this one is appropriate it felt more raw and more bitter and they were kind of like using everything that they just had at the and she fucking she put like three knives in him she like threw her whole fridge on him and she was like damn i've never seen michael like this vulnerable vulnerable before like he's very like weak yeah and i don't know it was it was interesting to see like they're both kind of like like these these two like alphas like going at it right yeah well when lions fight right they draw so much blood they tear at each other and this also reminded me of um kind of like this aztec sacrifice on the table um because the way how she uh did the killing blows was she stabbed him and i believe the chest then under the armpit right which is like a, i think that's like an akrav maga thing or something with knife fighting technique and then she also slits his wrists uh, because allison mm-hmm. comes back right and she's like i'm not gonna because he does choke her at one point and I thought she was going to die. I thought he was going to go like that, like an alien versus predator when he does that to the alien baby or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but Allison says, no, I'm going to help you. And um, yeah, they they do the finding blow. They slit his wrist. So he bled out. But it was very like a sacrificial thing, especially on the table. It was very like a mm. symbolic thing rather than just let me just do this practice. Yeah, it was kind of like he was like crucified to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the that's how you is it's all it. It's all kitchenized, which is his primary weapon, right? Yes, exactly. So there, there's some symbology there. But yeah, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts. So yeah, after that, we kind of, I thought this was actually like really, I don't know, something about it just felt like, like so like satisfying seeing like the whole community of Haddonfield come together. And this felt like really like, it was almost like a ceremony or some shit. They, yeah. They're all like, they tie Michael up to this car and they bring him to like this meat grinder. And it's kind of like the final nail in the coffin for, for Michael Myers. So what did you think of like his, his ending? Yeah, you know, I, it was very, um, it was very primal. It was very like a, again, it was like a ritualistic thing. They sacrifice him right there on the table, uh, put him and, and show everybody like this false god, this false boogeyman. He could be killed, right? And then usually in other types of cultures or like just like different um, villages and stuff back then, uh, they would you know make make the bodies into ashes and like blow them away. So I guess instead of ashes, it's just blood and guts and gore um, to finalize his death. And I think it meant a lot to everybody. I'm surprised that I I wonder if it picked up in global news because I bet no one in the world has ever seen this. I looked at my own screen. I was like, where was this on channel five? (laughs) I was like, holy shit. (laughs) But yeah, I love, I love the finality of it. So it's like, you know, that we actually see Michael go in. There's no like like loopholes. There's no like, oh, like he might have escaped like off screen. We see like the body go in and it's there's like, like I said, like there's a finality to it. It's like, OK, now the audience can actually like take a breath and we're kind of like at peace, too. Um, but yeah, it was it was really interesting, like how it ended. And then uh, like I guess Corey actually like died because we didn't see him after that. So, yeah, the final scene, like showed kind of like Lori and the cop they were like you know sharing some some groceries or something <laughs> and we actually see um you know the house it, it was kind of like an homage to the first movie where like they showed like like corners and rooms in the house um but there's like a silence right 
Um, but we do see the mask, and I kind of felt like like Lori somehow kept that as like a trophy. Yeah, like over her her enemy that she's you know, um, you know, been through this kind of like journey with after this war, right? She's been at war with Michael for so long, and now she finally got him, right? Right. Um, but yeah, what are your final thoughts on on this movie and the, and the trilogy as a whole? Yeah, well, it was great. Um, I like again, it's it's Lori um has the beast's head, right? It's as as if you're hunting a lion, right? And she has it right there. Um, and I'm glad that Allison. It makes sense. Allison's young. She has to like drive away from this this place. Um, I think overall it was a pretty satisfying ending for these characters. For Michael Myers, I think like I would have liked a lot more time with him rather than Corey. I think they were trying to put this uh, philosophy in place of like, you know, a lot of people can be evil too. So maybe it's not the end of a franchise or something like that. Um, you're never actually really safe. Uh, but I think that they kind of, it was kind of muddy the way how they did it. And and I think that that took away a little bit from Michael Myers himself in this movie. I would have liked to see a lot more of him rather than Corey and Allison's relationship. Um, and overall, the franchise, like, Again, I really like, I actually like the first, not the, the old one, I'm saying like Halloween, The you know, um, I like that one a lot. Halloween Kills was really fun, but it was really like unrealistic. But of course, what do you expect? And a Halloween Ends was was actually very like story driven. It was very like dialogue heavy. Um, character performances had to be wonderful, right? Um, so it's really weird. It's like kind of like a mix mash of like different types of uh, ways of creating a horror film, which I appreciate it, but I think it could be sloppy at the end of the day. Um, and who's to say, maybe we will get a reboot or something and, on Peacock because this released on Peacock, guys. So if you guys want to, you know, watch that, watch it on Peacock. Uh, but yeah, let me get your thoughts on on the movie and the franchise. Uh, yeah, I actually, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought it would. Um, I thought it would be like kind of corny. Um, like I did say earlier, it was kind of like fast paced. And, um, I think the first half of the movie was kind of, uh, too focused on Corey when it should have been more about Michael because this is his final movie. Right. But in a weird way, I think it was satisfying to watch like this, this final chapter in this, in this story. Right. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, for a trilogy, they were able to make it feel like each movie kind of felt like its own thing and not like like just like filler. Um, the first movie, I loved it. I think it was a great reinvention and reintroduction in, into Halloween without it feeling like too much of like like, like older movies. Um, and David Gordon Green, I think he just adds like such a unique perspective with like like a lot of, a lot of motifs and like like deeper themes. Um, other than just like, you know, it's a slasher movie and, you know, we have a villain that like kills everybody. It's like there's like there's like evil in everybody kind of. Um, yeah, cinematography was great. Music was great in, in every movie. Um, some of the characters did kind of feel like a little like stupid sometimes, especially in this movie, I would say. Um, but then there's like some characters that like actually like like enjoyed like watching on screen. Um, and yeah, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, she really ties everything together with with Laurie. Um so I would give this movie an eight out of ten. How would you rate it? Yeah, I would give it like a, a five or a six out of ten. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, difference of opinion. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> um, um 
Well, yeah. yeah, guys, that's our review for Halloween Ends. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Akram, why don't you wrap this review for us? Yeah, guys, if you guys made it 10, again, we, we love you so much. And we have other spooky content coming soon. And we just wrapped up She-Hulk as well. So if you're new to the channel, we did a whole review for season one of She-Hulk. So please check that out if you like that sort of stuff. And also we did and we're doing Andor and we're doing Handmaid's Tale. And we have plenty of content and movies to review. Uh, so just stick with us and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, Dylan. Yeah, like Akram said, we have a lot more spooky content planned. We already did a Hellraiser review. We also did a Werewolf by Night from Marvel. That was fun to review. Uh, we're planning to do uh, Barbarian as well, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, we have a lot more content planned for this month and the rest of the months ahead. So thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a safe and wonderful you know, Halloween season. So until then, thanks for having lunch with us. See you guys. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>